Welcome to Burning the Couch with Pim and Michaela. Although we are licensed therapists, please note that information in this podcast should not replace psychotherapy, clinical supervision, or be taken as legal or medical advice. Privacy is important to us, so all people, places, and scenarios mentioned in this podcast have been changed to protect client confidentiality. Also, we don't condone literally burning your couch. And a special thanks and shout out to C-Cop Studios for the awesome music we're using in this podcast. All right, welcome back everybody to season two of Burning the Couch. Whoop, whoop. I know, I'm um, so excited that we're finally at season two. <laughs> I know, it's been a long year for everybody. Um, we definitely have a lot of updates to share with you all before you know we really get into the meat of things, I guess, but... First and foremost, um, for those of you that are not watching this visually um, and listening to the podcast version, this is a Zoom recording. Uh, We have to do it this way. Unfortunately, I contracted COVID. It's been two weeks now, but still somewhat playing it safe. Um, Yes, I am vaccinated. So is my husband. And we both still contracted it. Um, Luckily, we were vaccinated, though, because I can't imagine what the symptoms would have been like if we weren't. So, you know, Michaela and I are uh, still meeting virtually just for this episode um, to give my house time to air out and (laughs) I have a giant can of Lysol. (laughs) It's like spraying the crap out of everything and washing everything and sanitizer. Yeah. So this isn't ideal, but I know I thought we were past the zoom, the zoom portion of our podcast, (laughs) but it's still going to be a thing every now and then, I guess. Um, Well, we are glad you guys are okay. Yeah. We had had like what, two days um, in the books to record in person. And then I texted Michaela, what was it like three, four days before our scheduled date to meet saying, um, I think I have COVID. <laughs> I know I actually ran out and got a, cause I had seen Pim like earlier that like week. three days before that day. Yeah. Yeah. So I ran out and got a, a at home <laughs> COVID test and my husband too. And so we luckily didn't get COVID. Um, but we're glad you guys are feeling better and kind of at the tail end of everything. And Justin yeah. still can't taste or smell apparently. No, right? poor guy. I mean, I, I didn't lose my sense of taste or smell, but I had all of the other symptoms, like shortness of breath. I felt tired just walking my dogs um, or walking up and down the stairs was tiring for me, but I'm completely 100% back to normal now. Like aside oh, from just every now and then I'm, I still have like an irritated throat. I'm not sure if maybe that's allergies, uh, like allergy related. Justin's completely fine now, except for smell and taste, which really, really sucks for him. We were just talking about this earlier. Well, you can actually make food to your spice level preference. Well, he for can a few have, more weeks. He still has the effects of it though. But oh. I was but I was saying yeah. this would have been a great time to have my family bring durian over. <laughs> <'Cause> he hate, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he just can't handle the smell. 
but you know, welcome to having a Thai wife. Um, yeah, so it's been over a year, really, I think, since the release of season one. And we did some of it over Zoom as specials, you know, to tide us over until we release season two. But Michaela, how have you been? What was the year like for you with COVID and all of that? Um, I mean, I still feel like it's this never-ending nightmare. I know. <laughs> it's not like it's I gone away. I'm, yeah. As soon as I'm like, okay, it's like kind of over. Life is getting back to normal. We don't have to wear masks and we're, people are vaccinated and weddings are happening again. Um, and then here, sure enough, it's like creeping up again. Um, yeah. No, but this last year has been life-changing for me. So for those of you who might know, my grandmother and I were extremely close. Like she, I probably called her at least three to four times a day. Um, She was like one of my best friends, very close. And she actually passed um, last October, October, 2020. And not COVID related at all. Um, she had a lot of other health issues and she, you know, she, it was her decision. She wanted to stop dialysis and she wanted to start, um, in home services and things like that. So I was kind of like her case manager, uh, family liaison and (laughs) medical social worker all at once. And that was, you know, it was actually good that I wasn't doing any clinical work at the time because there's no way I could have done both. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was a big, big loss for our family, big adjustment for our family, a lot of changes. Um, but you know, we're, it's almost been uh, no, almost a year, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. 10 months or something. Right. Yeah. Something like that. So, um, Yeah, that's one of the biggest, biggest, saddest things that I've ever gone through. And, um, you know, it is really good, like the timing of everything. I think there was always a part where I felt a little guilty for not doing clinical work or taking a break. And now looking back, I'm like, "Mm, I was able to spend like a lot of that quarantine time where I wasn't seeing anybody, I got to spend a lot of time with my grandma before she got really sick. Um, and I was available to be there to help her, um, with, you know, just doing stuff that needed to be done, coordinating with doctors, all of that kind of stuff. So looking back, I'm like, Oh, there's a reason why I I needed that break. And I Mm -hmm. shouldn't have been doing clinical work at that time anyway. So now moving forward, we're 2021 and I'm about a month out from opening my own private practice as well. So sim- yeah, similar to Pim, um, I'll just be doing telehealth to start and we'll kind of see where it goes from there and eventually maybe expanding into an office or something um, part-time, but so yeah, exciting. super exciting. Yeah. And I think we should maybe even do an episode on that, just talking about things about starting private because I know a lot of people are interested in starting private practice or that's a lot of times why people get into the field is they want their own practice. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people reach out to us about too, and not just through the podcast, but from our friends as well and colleagues. I think 
the big part of it is they don't talk about private practice in school, right? When we went to school to be a therapist, everyone just talks about, well, all of you are going to be working in the county. You're all going to be working in nonprofit. There's just, that's just what you're going to do. And they train us and which yes, a lot of it is true. Not a lot of people start off private practice straight from grad school, but there should have been a class that covered what goes into building a private practice and the business side of therapy, because luckily, like, you know, I had a business background from like helping my family with their businesses and whatnot, but had I not have that, I would have been completely lost. And I still am learning too. And I'm lost without you. I'm lost without you. So I'm glad that I have you. And I'm, I, I'm mainly relying on like, you know, people who have come before me, who have open practices, sending them a bunch of questions and phone calls and sitting down with them for coffee. And if they can't help me, then hiring other professionals that can, working with CPAs to get my stuff straight. So they're definitely like, I would have benefited from some kind of business class for therapists. I mean, just, just basic stuff in general, even like in high school like basic taxes and stuff. Like I wish, I mean, I know a lot of people do use, you used to do your own taxes and stuff too, but I just, I don't have the patience. I don't want to learn it. I'd rather just pay somebody to do it and know it's right. Well, when you have your own business, it's harder as well, right? It gets really complicated than just having a W2. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah, that'll maybe be in the future. That'll be exciting. I'm super excited to kind of just be able to make my own schedule. That's something that's always been so important to me is be able to make my own structure. And, you know, I think a lot of times in jobs I've had therapy jobs or not, it's always been this, gosh, I hate having to be told when I have to work. I don't like that. (laughs) Um, I want some sort of say and structure work around my life versus, my life around the other way work. around. Yeah. Yeah. Especially <laughs> so. in therapy, right? Because everyone wants late evenings, everyone wants weekends. So having to set those boundaries um, when you're at someone else's practice or having to set those boundaries in your own practice as well, because clients will ask. So we'll definitely be addressing some of these things. Yeah. Um, what else are we doing this season? We're going to be definitely working on and talking about imposter syndrome, um, touching base on that. We all experience it, Michaela and I still do. No matter how many years you practice, you probably still are experiencing it. And you're probably um, the only one that thinks you're an imposter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. Um, We also have being a therapist on social media, what that means. Um, Michaela handles the social media side of things because I just don't have the patience for it or really understand it. Um, I was so proud of myself when I started doing reels and I told Michaela all about it (laughs) because I just didn't get it. Um, but you know, she handles all the social media side of things and it's a lot to manage that, like being a professional on social media, we've all seen, um, the news, right. About like this doctor or this professional, uh, posted something and then got like backlash for it, got fired from their jobs for it. It applies to our field just as much. 
Um, and then we have a lot of really cool, fun, just a variety of specialty topics. So things mm-hmm. we're going to address in terms of types of therapy or different populations. Um, we're going to have some guest speakers as well. So very, very exciting season. Yeah. And, you know, originally we were planning on having this season be last well, January 2021 is is originally <laughs> what we were planning yeah. on doing. But there were so many things with, you know, Life Kim's happens. husband was on deployment. Was, My grandmother yeah. just passed away. Like COVID's still a thing and nobody can go anywhere. And it was just a really dark time in general, I think, for a lot of people. And we were just like, no. I don't even think we talked about it. I think we just were like, there was just this mutual understanding. Like we're clearly not filming right now. (laughs) We need to take a Yeah, that's right. I don't think you and I ever went like, hey, so we're not doing the, we're not recording the podcast right now, are we? We kind of just not, we just didn't do it. (laughs) Yeah, it was just this mutual. Yeah. And that's one thing about us is we're so close and we know each other so well at this point, it's like, I don't even, we didn't, it didn't even need to be said. We were just like, it's not the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the time for either of us to, to be yeah. worrying about this. So it was so uh, much. Yeah. I know my husband being on deployment was a lot harder than I thought it would be. We've done, you know, two, three months kind of thing, but this was like an eight month thing, um, in the middle of pandemic limited communication. Cause he didn't have barely had any stops. And if he did, you know, he still stayed on the ship. It was just awful, awful, awful um, on both ends. And, you know, having to juggle working, not seeing my friends, not seeing my family, being completely alone, no husband to talk to. That did a number of work on my mental health for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very dark time. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, he's back, he's safe. You're, you know, doing well besides the COVID thing, you guys are okay. <laughs> um, yeah. but you guys have some like exciting news. You have a new addition to your, Oh my God. The way you said it <laughs> makes it sound like I had a baby. <laughs> well, you kind, well, kind of, of did. I kind In my of. book, it's st- it still counts. That's true. She is a baby. We have a new puppy. Um, that's the new addition that Michaela's talking about. No, I'm not pregnant. No, I do not have a human baby. Um, so it's funny because we have a five-year-old dog as well. And I forget to mention that they're puppies, like they're dogs, because I'll say, I just assume that people know that I'm a dog person and I have dogs. And so I took um, my little, my new puppy to training and I was like, yeah, she plays really well with our five-year-old. They get along. And then the trainer was like, I just want to clarify, is it a five-year-old human or a five-year-old dog? And I was like, you're right. I should have mentioned that it's a five-year-old dog. Yeah. Yeah. Your old son. Um, but she's four months. She's an Australian Labradoodle. It's actually different from a regular Labradoodle. They have some other, um, uh, 
what's the right word? I guess some other breeds down, way down the line. Um, and they were originally bred in Australia has nothing to do with Australian shepherds. <laughs> um, people think it's oh, Australian shepherd. That's what Labrador I thought. Poodle. Exactly. It, it was just the guy who created it, uh, created this breed was from Australia or in Australia. So, um, you know, just way down the line, she had had other breeds in her. Um, anyway, she's an Australian Labradoodle. She's super adorable. Um, she's going through this toddler phase right now though. So <laughs> she's like regressing here and there, um, being really like grouchy. My husband calls her a demon baby. I don't <sighs> see it because I love her. Um, <laughs> but she can do no teething. wrong. She can do no wrong. Yeah. Well, she's teething. That's why. So she's just, you know, grouchy. Yeah. And you're actually putting her through the process to become a therapy dog, correct? Yes. So she's only four months, and this is proud mom me talking right now, Um, but her trainer is super proud of her because she, if you look at the list of things she needs to do to pass her test, she's got like 80% of it down. Um, She's very, very good. She can be a total maniac at home. But there's something about her breed that like when we take her to the training place, she is super ready to work. She sits, she lays down and she looks at me like, tell me what to do. Um, so you, so for anyone who don't know, um, Australian Labradoodles are bred to be service dogs and guide dogs. Uh, so I actually got her from a reputable um, and certified um, breeding program that breeds for like service animal centers and stuff. So I'm working very hard to incorporate animal assisted therapy into my practice. It's kind of my next step. Um, and it's fun for me. Like, yes, all of my colleagues are doing EMDR and all this really cool stuff, but (laughs) like, I love dogs and I wanted to do something that feels natural for me. That's fun to do because I love training her and I love like playing with her. I feel really proud when she accomplishes a certain task that she's been trying, trying to work on. Um, so it's been like a fun process and fun thing to do, despite it being also like a professional career oriented thing. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Uh, we'll, We'll definitely need to have you update us on the process and what that looks like because I'm sure there's other people that are interested in, you know, or have thought about like, oh, I want to bring, you know, therapy dogs into my practice or incorporate it somehow. Um, And just for those of you who, who aren't familiar, this is not like an ESA, an emotional support animal. This is actually training the dog to work. So... Yeah, no, I'm excited. So, and she's adorable. She's already huge. I know. She's <laughs> growing so fast. She's already outgrown her five-year-old brother. Actually, Michaela, you haven't seen her in a long time. She's pretty much bigger than Obi now. Um, <laughs> I know, which is insane because it's this giant, like 30-pound puppy because she acts like a puppy. She's still not coordinated and falls on her face, but she's big. (laughs) Yeah. Big and clumsy, giant fuzzy paws. Oh, I love it. I love it. So that's super exciting. Um, Yeah. A lot of new updates. So this was kind of more like an 
welcome back update kind of episode just to warm everybody up um hearing our voices again i guess and getting used to us we're gonna have such a fun season coming up so so excited to bring you guys along yeah and we actually have you know people have reached out to us asking for us to cover certain topics and things like that so we're gonna try to incorporate stuff, your feedback into, you know, future episodes and um, talk about what you guys want to hear. Yeah. All right. I think we're good. All right. Well, we'll see you at the next episode. All right. Thanks for joining. Don't forget to follow us on on Instagram at burning the couch. Um, And then you can also email us as well. If you have any questions about like collaborating or if you want to be a guest Uh, that would be the place to do it. It's on our website. There's an inquiry form now that you can fill out. I know that's totally new um, because we've been getting a lot of people asking and we're like, we should have a formal way of doing this. Thank you for closing. I completely forgot. See how long it's been since we've had a recording that I'm like, I think we're supposed to do something at the end. Oh, right. Yeah. Go follow us and like us. Do that. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe to our shit. Subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.